All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, very excited today. New York Giants safety captain and Notre Dame alum, Julian Love, joining us here on the podcast. Julian, how you doing, man? Doing well. Happy to be here, of course. No, appreciate you. The uh, uh, captain of the 5-1 New York Giants has a nice ring to it right now. Uh, it, I, so I'd have to imagine it's been a pretty good time out in that city. I mean, for you, man, to, to walk into this season now as – the second most tenured giant or the most tenured giant, I believe, on this defense in terms of like appearances and games and games played to be named a captain this year. What's it been like for you personally already, you know, about a third of the way through this season? Yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> so that's, the, that's the easy answer. It's been a lot of fun. You know, you we start winning and then you get invited to all these, you know, the Knicks games, the Rangers games, the Nets, the Yankees. You, you know, get invited to all the, the, the scenes around town, uh, which is a lot of fun, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's been great. Has that been the biggest change up this year is all of a sudden you're starting to feel like, oh, we are like a New York football team out here balling now. Yeah, like, you know, they told us our player development people when we first got out here, like the, the whole rookie spiel that, listen, as soon as you think you're you're big time, understand that this city has two of every major sport, <laughs> and so like two teams of every major sport. And then when you think about it, you're like, oh yeah, like we have athletes all around us. Uh, so you know this team respects winning, or this uh, city respects winning, 
And so they, we, we're getting a little more respect nowadays, uh, thankfully. It's been a grind the past few years, but this year there's definitely some buzz around the community. No, it's and it's wild you and the Jets are doing it at the same time. Like This is like I always say in like a foursome when you're playing a scramble in golf, if you hit two great shots off the tee in the same group, it's like, oh, we couldn't stagger this by years. You got it going full-throated right now inside that building. Yeah, you know, we, we had one dual practice uh, with the Jets, and we, I'm, I'm looking at them. Like, you know, they have some talent. They're like a talented team. They have some guys. They have some size. Uh, and so, yeah, it's good to see them doing their thing, obviously. And us, we've just been – a gritty group, <laughs> really gritty. Yeah, uh, look, you said you looked at that Jets team and saw that. Was there a moment like this off season when you looked at your team and started to realize something felt different than what you'd had in the past? You know, like I feel like these past two years, I feel like you look around, and you're like, we have talent. Like that's this is not a question. Like there's talented guys in this team. It's always just been a matter of our talented guys, like our, our best players, playing well. Um, and that's you know that can be seen in a lot of ways but for me like i'm a captain this year i feel like i'm you know one of the most talented guys on the team and i i know i gotta my shoulder to i gotta perform i gotta be be doing my thing uh and so that's what that's what it's taken all of our leaders have been have been balling yeah what's that been like for you i mean you come into the league as a fourth round draft pick so you're well thought of coming into it being a drafted guy's always a different thing walking into the team but you start off grinding on special teams you work your way more and more into the lineup defensively have you been able to kind of is it like a relax where you no longer feel like you're fighting for your spot every day what's that transition like to being one of the leaders now truly on that group yeah I would say this year I had more confident than I had more confidence than any other year you know my first year my second year even a little bit to my third I'm like all right I have to I have to earn it. I have to go and get it and like you said, I'm on teams. I'm on all teams. I was on all teams. Uh, I was doing my thing on defense, trying to just find an opportunity, you know, trying to find a place. And it's been tough these past few years to really get that, get a hold of one. Uh, and so I've really just stayed patient. And this year I played in every snap or whatever of this, of this season, every game. Uh, I played every game of my career. And I keep that teams, those, I keep the teams reps. So, yeah, I play most snaps on the team right now just because I just know I still have a lot to get after and a lot to prove So still. So that's what it takes. What's changed for you personally, biggest thing from coming into the league as a rookie in 2019 to now being in your fourth season, being more established? Like what have you learned about being a pro that's helped you so much? Yeah, I feel like my home life, I just kind of learned how to be a pro. I, I kind of stay out of the way. I got married this summer, um, which, you know, was a lot. It was a, the whole process of this, this spring, summer, uh, was, 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 it was a lot, um, but it was fun. Uh, and now, because we are in a great routine, you know, post-games, pre-games, we kind of have everything lined up. You know, I'm the most, one of the most tenured guys on the team. My wife is the most tenured wife now on the team, uh, which is funny to say. Uh, and so, yeah, she has a routine. I have my routine. And it's just, it's been a, a really smooth year so far, honestly, just for, for everything. That's right. I forgot you got married this summer. How involved were you in the wedding planning? Was that something that your wife needed you to have a lot of input on here? Did you pass the reins to her? How'd that go? Ooh. Well, we got, I proposed her in 2020. And so we set ourselves two years because, you know, in season, I knew I wasn't going to be anything. I wasn't going to be any sort of help. Uh, and so I was very involved in my off seasons. Uh, and then, you know, six months leading into it, 
is when she, yeah, she she took over. She pushed me to the side, kind of sat me on the bench, and and took over the game. Uh, and yeah, it turned out. Did you out have really any things that were like must haves for you in the wedding, like food wise, drink wise? Was there anything you told her, like, mm-hmm. honey, you can have all the rest of this. This is your day. I just need these one or two things. My biggest thing was the music. Uh, mm-hmm. I I like all sorts of music. Uh, we have a lot of different types of friends. She likes different sorts of music. Uh, I have a Hispanic side, you know, or you could just see the dichotomy of two friend groups, you know, her all girls, St. Mary's groups and the football players. It's just, it was a, it was a big mix. So I was, I was deliberate in making a playlist or getting a DJ, the right, the right flows going. It's it's a huge part of it, man. Getting the dance floor primed just right right for all those groups makes a huge difference in that. So it's a smart move by you to go and make sure that uh, everyone felt the love in that one. I'm sure it was an absolute blast. Um, So you get get through that. You're married now. Like you said, it feels like stable all around here. But for you guys, football-wise, got a new coach coming in. Brian Dable comes over. You guys obviously familiar and have certainly seen what he had done in Buffalo what was the first few interactions like for you and Coach Dable? When did it kind of, you know, what was his first impression with you really as a player? It was pretty good. Whenever you get a new coach, this is my third in four years. Whenever you get a new coach, you're like, there's anxiety with that comes with it, you know. Uh, you're like, okay, I hope this works out. <laughs> Selfishly, everybody's like, I hope this works out for me. You know, I hope yeah. the, the energy's right, that we're, we're, you know, uh, we match up personality wise or something of that sort. And I first met him trying to feel him out. Like, yeah, coach, like a pleasure to meet you. Happy to have you. All this stuff. Um, it's like, listen, I love your game. Let's just bring a lot of juices here. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, and just like him kind of being loose and open and, and flowing. And some days, you know, letting guys out uh, to go golf or do some like team events. It's just like the spring was really good for us. Uh, the spring was really good to build our camaraderie. And he just, it was such a smooth environment that he created. Everyone could talk to each other normally. There's, it didn't have to be football all the time. I'm sure you've been in those buildings where it's like, you have a bad day at practice and you're like embarrassed to look at your coach after it. And so there's none of that. It's really just, you know, football's ball and then off the field is off the field. So yeah, it's been great. And, and you know, I think for a lot of people, they might be surprised by that because everyone sees him so fired up on the sideline. He's just, I mean, hell, he looks like me. All bald-bearded white guys look exactly the same. So I see him jumping up and down, getting fired up on the sideline, and he looks like the dude that might be like that. But I, I've heard, like, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, I think, talked about him, like, smoking cigars and calling him on FaceTime <laughs> and stuff. He's he's that kind of relaxed away from the football field. Oh, yeah, that, that story is 100% accurate. He's called me several <laughs> times, FaceTime me several times. In his jacuzzi with a cigar in his mouth. I'm like, <laughs> what? Is, is that the first coach you've ever had FaceTime you from a jacuzzi? The <laughs> Yes, the, <laughs> for sure. I don't know if uh, Brian Van Gordon was ever FaceTiming me in general, but uh, he definitely was the first coach to, to call me like that. Very casual. That's incredible. And, and it, it shows, and it seems like you guys – do have a really close team defensively for you also coordinator wise wink martindale comes over and for a guy who is as well tenured in this league well respected in this league how did his style of defense mesh with you you talk about some of that anxiety every coordinator's got different wants and needs a different system and winks is a definitely a very aggressive system so how did that mesh with the way you felt like you could offer them as a player 
Yeah, I was a bit nervous at first uh, with Wink coming in because everyone was like, oh, he brings a lot of man, uh, a man pressures. And so, you know, you're going to cover zero a lot. You do all this stuff. It's going to be tough on DBs. And, you know, you're a little hesitant when you hear that. You're like, okay, like, I like it. It's, it's different. But, you know, will, will it work for who we have? Um, but as soon as he got here, he really just catered the defense to who he, his personnel is, which is what all good coaches do. Um, you know, you have a scheme. He has what he likes. And, you know, he kind of set the tone for who he was as a coach. And the first week we ever met, he said, all right, there's two types of coaches. One coach, one type of coach will do whatever just to collect checks as long as he can. Or the second coach who will go out on his terms no matter when that is. And I'm the second one. And so he likes his style. He does what he does. And, there's, you know, he's, he owns who he is. And he's very transparent at all. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It, it, it definitely shows up on tape. I always said Wink Martindale is one of those D coordinators. If you just watch a few snaps of his defense on tape, you don't got to ask who's the coordinator of the defense. When you see eight bodies up at the line of scrimmage and two DBs out there on an island, it's like, oh, yeah, Wink's at the helm of this thing. Yes, I have – I think I'm splitting reps – or not splitting reps, alignments. I think I've lined up as the nose tackle once or twice. I've played both linebackers. I've started a game at weak linebacker. Uh, so far this year it's just it's all over the place but there's a method to the madness he's a really good staff with him so it's been really smooth and and for you now as a leader on that defense you got some young guys coming in here Kayvon Thibodeau big you know rookie first round draft pick and what he's meant there how do you now approach that as a leader I mean four years in you're not that much older than those guys but you've played so much ball at this level you're established in this league so how do you kind of go about being a leader in that environment it's it's kind of a there's a fine line with how I have to approach being a leader. Uh, some guys see me as being really old uh, on the team just because I've been around and I know everybody in the building. Uh, and still, there are rookies coming in that are older than me though. Uh, so because I love college early, and so like the, the dynamics are a little weird at times. Um, but my leadership style is pretty simple. I just I'm very much myself. Like, I'm kind of loose with it. I'm if anything needs to be addressed, like I just speak directly. I'm not a yeller. I'm not a I'm not, a, I'm not a crazy vet in terms of hazing rookies or anything like that. Um, I just kind of what my play has been, my play has really defined who I am as a leader. I'm just somebody, like, you said, like I said earlier, I'm getting it done on special teams. I'm taking scout reps sometimes when the guys are tired. I, stuff like that kind of sets the tone for what rookies know is the, uh, the standard for how to go about things. And so that's kind of how I approach it. I know everybody's different, and it's worked really well for the captains that we have this year. It, it, it has a, a ton so far. You guys have been super successful on that side of the ball. What kind of impression did Kayvon make on you early? I saw he had a, one of the big splash plays. You had the first interceptions for the Giants this season in the last game. He had the strip sack that helped ice the game for you. What was you know what kind of tone is he set coming in as a young player that you've watched? Yeah, Tibbs, we call him Tibbs. He is the most confident person you'll ever meet in your life. The guy's confident as hell he i mean everything he does he just he knows he he can be the best at it and it took him a little bit like anybody like any rookie it takes you know a few games to get your feet under you um but now he got his first one his first sack i think it can be dangerous he, he's a guy who really uh, he's confident but he knew what he had to do as a rookie in terms of kind of you know staying humble staying kind of low-key doing all the, the the grunt work that you have to do as a rookie just to get in the you know especially as a, a fifth overall pick you gotta you gotta lay a foundation that's humble, 
the straight humility. And he's done a great job of that. And now, you know, he had a great game and he's doing the little things that matter early. So I know, the, I mean, he's going to be on the rise. He's going to be a, a, a force the next few years for sure. What's the thing he's most confident about away from the football field? Because he's a guy that seems to have a lot of interest. He was a big NIL guy his last year at Oregon. So what's the thing away from the field that he really feels like he's that dude? Oh, my gosh. What isn't he coming at cards? He's really coming at dancing. Uh, he feels like he's the best uh, a boxer or fighter on the team. Uh, what else? He thinks he's the best comedian on the team. He's, kind of, he's pretty funny. Uh, but everything, like he just is, is nonstop. His energy is never ending. It, so, from that personality on defense, because he he really does look to be that dynamic guy. To offense, you look at Daniel under center, and he's always been a guy that's kind of reminded everyone of Eli Manning bit of a poker face no matter the situation but for him he's also the quarterback of the Giants so he's going to be very much scrutinized the team didn't pick up his fifth year option there's all these things going into the season and so far he's played really well is, is there been anything for you you came in the same draft class as him in 2019 have you noticed any difference in Daniel from the past seasons to this one yeah I think the main thing is he's just he's been managing games really well this year um Throughout the past four years, he's been on a on an increase in just understanding situations. I think he's really situationally aware. He's always been the hardest worker in the building. He gets there first. He's been getting there first for the past four years. He's leaving last the past four years. Uh, he's just always trying to get better at his craft. Uh, he understands how serious it is. I think you can see it on his face a lot of times. Um, he's a funny guy though. He's 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 a boy. Like, he's one of the boys. He he likes to kick back at times, um, but that game managing role that he has uh, has helped a lot and you know with O-line play changing over the past few years his game has been changing and evolving he's been using his legs when he's needed to he's been he has a, he's always had a great arm and it's just making these smart decisions in, in smart situations that has led us to you know he's I think leading the league right now in uh, uh, game winning drives just that, that that stuff has just taken a huge uptick the past few years you mentioned the legs part of it. They always do the thing where they do the miles per hour tracking for guys. And last year he had a couple of runs that were faster than even Lamar Jackson. Was there ever a day for you in practice when you're going up against the offense when you realized, oh, he's legitimately fast. He's not just sneaky fast the way we talk about white quarterbacks usually. <laughs> yeah, no, there was a day. It was my it was my rookie year. And I'm on defense or whatever. And he does a, a little boot. Um and it's me and him running, and he's running towards the pylon. And I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna attack him off. I can't touch him. He's a quarterback. He was skating me, and I was like, okay, this guy's moving. I had to like, you can see me like, oh, 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 shit. I have to, I have to get to this guy. And our head coach at the time, it was uh, a Pat Shermer. He was like, yeah, like people don't understand. He ran a four six at the at the combine. Like he's not slow. I'm like, oh, he he isn't slow. It's yeah, like you said, he is not sneaky fast. He's fast, and so yeah, yeah. You got to update the scouting report quickly on that one, or else he's going to make people look. Silly. I mean, he has made people look silly in the open yeah. field. It's it's really impressive. Yeah, <laughs> for uh, in that backfield also because you know, he's doing that job there. Saquon also in that backfield with him has been sensational so far this year. It's been injury for him the last couple of seasons, really marred by that. 
for you guys seeing him behind the scenes what was that like because you know you've been around teams long enough at, at, at all these levels it can be pretty lonely when you're a guy that's on IR that's injured and away from the team what was what was that like for Saquon his kind of journey through being injured and getting back to this it's been a grind for him for sure he's a guy who really he I don't know he he feeds off of you know competition he kind of has like I guess he, the easiest way to compare it is like MJ in the last dance Michael Jordan kind of that like I, I took it personally type of mindset that's kind of who Saquon is all the time with everything with ping pong with golf with cards with everything he he <laughs> when the when the pressure's is on he, he good takes at it up golf he he seems like he's Listen, way too jacked to be good at golf he is way too jacked to be good at golf and I know it's gonna come back to me I am a better golfer than him just straight up and down yes! every time I play him no, every time I play him, he has beaten me by like a stroke, and like he just like he gets it to his level. As soon as competition starts, he he raises it, like he raises the bar, and you know he he's come a long way. He just started golfing two years ago. Could drive it a mile, typically not straight. Like I drive it far, he drives it very far, uh, but it's usually like super far right or super far left. Um, but clearly with his his body composition he's hitting the ball hard um yeah, so yeah figure, figure, figure that much is he like is he a shit talker is he like the guy that's just gonna stare you down what's his game for that oh what is his i wouldn't say he's fully a shit talker he he <laughs> he's one of those guys yeah I, he's a shit talker he's one of those guys like <laughs> <laughs> like like if you know you have he he sees you have to take a drop or something in that regard he like oh you like reminds you did you have to take a drop there and it's like, oh, okay, like just those little digs is what he always does, and he never gives anybody gimmies if you're competing. He's like, oh, the putter, the putter, uh, and he'll kind of move it. Say, no, I, I gotta see you put that. Come on, you want to put that? That's easy putt. You're better than me. Like that's an easy putt. Like stuff, little stuff like that. And it's like if you don't stay true to your game, and he's gotten in my head a couple times already, and he'll he'll be oh, on your ass psychological warfare man if there's no friendship circle on the green you know you're really dealing with someone who's out there to cause chaos <laughs> yes and he's doubling down every oh other hole God. it's a dangerous oh. game <laughs> so dangerous game super competitive on the golf course that obviously helps him as a player coming back this season there were a lot of people that were unsure if we were ever going to get the guy that we saw early in his career again same kind of thing as, as as the Daniel comment about speed was there a moment where you guys saw Saquon back on the field back in camp or something like that where you saw okay like we've got the guy back in the way that we once did well in the same way of the competitive spirit that he's had a, he has everywhere else since OTAs, we were like going at it, offense and defense. Uh, OTAs leading into training camp, we were like really getting after it. Um, and he's a guy that like he would ask me or ask you straight up and down, who won today? Like who do you think? Who do you think won today? And I'll say who I know won today. Uh, and so his offense, defense, like like, and you could say say, defense has won in the past like five days. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll recount and go through every play that it was in their favor. And so as soon as you see that part of him, I come back into the fold where he's making plays. He's he's winning some practices for the offense early in the early stages of the season. And we're like, okay, yeah, he's he, he's for real uh, this year. He, he looks great. And his mindset, I think, has just been really just a dominant kind of a, attack. Michael Jordan, I, I've taken it personally type of mindset. 
for him outside of the mindset when he gets on the field what's the hardest thing about defending Saquon Barkley the player yeah he's he's fast I mean he's fast and he's strong um it's never a fun sight seeing him getting open field like in me as a safety come downhill all right like he really it's the dangerous ones are the ones who could do it all who could hurdle you who could juke you out who could run over you or who could outrun you it's like okay what which one is it's really in his hands and that's something that as a defense, as, as a safety, as one who considers myself a, a, a strong tackling safety, I tell him, listen, the ball has to be in your hands. You have to make a decision that, okay, <laughs> he's reacting off me. <laughs> and he's made some dudes look silly this year so far uh, with that mindset. And it's been that, that part of him is, I think, something that makes him so elite, just the abilities that he has uh, with, the ball in his, with the ball in his hands. It's been really fun to watch, man. It's it, it's a special team that's coming together. You know, certainly along the lines of scrimmage, everyone's talked about. But you guys getting after it on the back end here. You mentioned Daniel and, and and what you guys got going. It's a special group. It's been a fun season to watch, man. And uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you taking some time. I, I hope everything keeps going well for you. It's got to be fun to be the good team in New York City. And so I hope you get to keep riding that train, man. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. Hopefully, we keep it going. Hey dad, what do you do when you're out with friends, the waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help? Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision and just order for the table a round of ice cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate. That's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. All right, Brandon, before we get to the most important part of this podcast, um, I had a question I wanted to run by you. Now, what would you say, because you've lived most of your life in Louisville, Kentucky, is Kentucky the Midwest or the South? Oh, my God, Mike. Why are you doing this? Well, no, so I, I only set this up because I want to ask. Because I saw Will Compton over at Bussin' with the Boys was saying that yes. he does not believe that Ohio is in the Midwest. He says that based on... What does he think it is? He, he calls it the Middle East. Because he's looking at the map geographically and saying if you really split the U.S. down the middle, it's not in the middle the way states like Missouri and Nebraska and all that stuff is in there. Now, as was pointed out by plenty of people, 
that designation of Midwest happened before you had westward expansion into a lot of those other states. So at that time, it was the middle of what was then the United States. And now the Midwest is more of a vibe and an idea. It's like cultural. And so that's, that's my question is... Without geography at the heart of it, because I don't think geography is what makes you Midwestern at this point, what is the defining characteristic that makes something or someone Midwestern? And that's why I wanted to know what you consider Kentucky and how much of your expertise on this we should take into account. Okay, well, I'll say this. Um, I'll take it back to the, the war that killed the most Americans. The Civil War, uh, Kentucky was split in two. mm the north part, uh, obviously, north and the south. So it was a borderline state uh, cut in two between the Union and the Confederate, which is always interesting because I'm in Louisville, right, which is a stone's throw from Indiana, right, which is the the Pennsylvania of the Midwest, in my opinion, because it's southern, but it's also very much... <laughs> which, by the way, <laughs> you know parts, parts of western Pennsylvania are Midwestern in feel. Like, a yes. lot more of those well, cities... Are southern. Like, to me, <laughs> Appalachia, Pittsburgh, if you will. spiritually Midwest. Yes. Buffalo, New York, spiritually okay. Midwest. Okay, so I, I'll say this because uh, I'll, I do it as I came out from the recruiting standpoint. I was on a list on scout.com of the top players in the Midwest, along with Darius Fleming, who was in Chicago, and Sean Sonar, who was in Chicago. And uh, I, I think I, I mentioned Chicago because I think that's the one of the Midwestern cities that everyone unanimously throws into the Midwest. Yeah. No one's really confused about where Chicago stands on it. So being five hours south of Chicago in Louisville still feels like we're connected to the Midwest. When you get to Paducah and all the other places that are uh, further Bowling Green, but I guess I'm saying like uh, you're ta- you're talking about where you are in there. I'm saying the way it looks, acts, and feels is Louisville something Kentucky? that feels Midwestern or that feels Southern where you're at? And Louisville, I think Louisville Louisville is definitely a part of the Midwest. I think Indiana being north of Louisville. Uh, confuses things because Indiana is so damn country. But, and so, but and that's that's the important part to me, though, Brandon. Is what is it that makes something Midwestern? And I want your opinion on that. Mm. I got a bunch of really good uh, submissions. Like JP Acosta does a great job writing over at SB Nation covering the Jaguars. Said yes. Culver's per capita is usually a good way to discuss if something is Midwestern. Okay. Which Wisconsin, because a Wisconsin original. We talked about Culver's yesterday. We did, we did indeed. Um, Roger Sherman, uh, who is a great writer over at The Ringer, said conflict avoidance and ranch dressing, which ranch dressing is a culinary form of conflict avoidance. That checks out. And also a condiment in, in certain places in the Midwest instead of a dressing. Uh, Jane Costin sweets in. Um, one of the defining characteristics of being Midwestern is that every action that is totally normal getting overinterpreted and never forgotten. For example, why is your mom mad at that lady? Well, 15 years ago, she was slightly rude in the Meyer checkout line. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that. There, yeah, I will, it's hard to... Uh, I will always maintain you learn a lot about a region in your grocery store interactions. When we moved from Arizona to Connecticut, my mom said one of the biggest differences was when she tried to smile and nod at people in the grocery store in Connecticut, they looked at her like she was an insane person. (laughs) 
Yeah, I can see that. I, what I was trying to say was that Midwestern people definitely hold grudges. But I think it's, I think Mike, it's, it's the, uh, it's, it's having an accent that's nowhere near any coast. Uh, understanding that other places do things in a more technologically advanced and, and, and uh, progressive way, but also feeling ingra- like very proud of the way you do things and why, because it's wrapped in history and, and your grandparents. And uh, it's all about the seasons and layering and tradition. That's why I, I said we're America's about to get in this bag, right? Because Halloween, Thanksgiving, like we're on our holiday, big holiday per month until April, really. And that is where the Midwest thrives in tradition, especially winter-based or weather-based traditions. That's that's a very real one. A lot of people pointed out uh, Rachel Roth wearing shorts and sweatshirts the first day in March that it's above 30 degrees, and that applies to right now as we're on the downslope. You'll see plenty of kids on college campuses in the Midwest, shorts, flip-flops, and hoodies up top. It's the fat man uniform this time of year. It's a beautiful thing. Um, This one, uh, I think, always rings true. Um, Zach Adams, the length of time it takes to say goodbye. I also saw people submit when saying goodbye, also adding in a tell your folks I said hello, which hit me square in the chest as I just did that two Mm. days ago when I was in South Bend, Indiana. I mean, or or just kind of be having having to or having something that you want to talk about. But first, asking about the folks in general, just like, well, and. Oh, how's it going? How's your folks? I I think okay, good. Having yeah, it's it's all the niceties, and I think yes. the biggest one for me, and this is why I always feel like I am still more Midwestern at heart than I am East Coast in a lot of ways, because a certain Midwest tenant is to apologize for damn near everything. Your existence and your space in a room is apologized for the minute that you walk in there. There is always that feeling like, oh no, you're going to get out of the way of whoever else is coming in. It is to me, Brandon, getting up when getting ready to exit a room, when you've been gathered there with a bunch of friends and no one's sure how to do that exit, and you hear someone loudly slap their legs and go... Welp, and then everyone just stands up and knows it's time to exit at that point. But the number one thing, and this was what everyone threw right in there, was the oh, that just oh, I, I no, Mike, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, uh, you're talking about the apology for being wherever you are always as a Midwestern is boiled down to three letters. Oh, 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 it's oh, like oh, oh. I, I ope my ass off, Mike, everywhere I am. I'm apologetic for my existence. Of course I am as a smart Midwesterner. But when I walk into my Waffle House and I and I, and I need to get the cook's, uh, uh, the waitress attention and I'm looking at everybody else, like if I'm holding the door for someone because that's what Midwesterners do as well and I, and my big ass can't get out of the way because I'm trying yep. to hold double doors because it's a one. lady coming. That's the one. And I'm like, and, and, I, and I bump into one of the ladies because I'm trying to do extra and I'm like, oop, oop. Oh, excuse me. Oh, oh no, thank so you. So much oh, oh, communicated no in those three letters that oh, everyone immediately knows that noise means I am so sorry for my place in this position. It's and the number yes. one place you mentioned it is inside a restaurant. And I had someone point this out as a largely dad behavior, but I think it's Midwestern male, which is when someone is coming to clear the table in front of you. Like at a restaurant, someone's coming to reach oh, for the dishes man. is the oh, where you pull your hands back like you've just plated the dish as the clock runs out on chopped. Oh. 
Like you're getting so much further yes, back bro. from the oh, table and allowing like, this server so much more room by your move like this just because you feel listen, bad about being in the way yet again. You asked me at the beginning of this what makes something Midwestern. I talked about the Civil War, a bunch of <laughs> shit that just has nothing to do with the fact that if you boil it down, the region of people that say ope sincerely and from their heart in their loins then you're in the Midwest. It's per. It, I know JP said per capita Culvers. It might just be per capita Opes. It's the amount of Opes per o, person. O per capita. <laughs> yeah. Opes, op, op, op per cap, Opes per capita. Yeah. Uh, you know what? At Gojo Show on Twitter and obviously download, subscribe, rate, and review this show. Leave us a five-star rating and tell us what you believe is the defining characteristic of a Midwesterner, the Midwest, and what might fall into that category. Because again, I think there's a lot of places. Upstate New York. Buff, Buffalo is the Midwest and you cannot convince me otherwise. Everything about oh those people is God. Midwestern to me. Everything about people in Pittsburgh reeks of the Midwest to me. All of it does feel like it's got home True. in the one tree. Ope, and that is the Midwest. Um, Brandon, ironically enough, I feel like I feel like Tennessee is the cutoff. Oh yeah, no, Tennessee like, is definitely not the Midwest. Definitely not the yeah, Midwest. It's the, it's the cutoff. Memphis, Memphis is the north south. Uh, north south. Yeah. Oh God, well, man, because that's the tough part. Isn't Memphis where the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid is? Oh, maybe the Bass Pro Shop. Maybe a Cabela's you're thinking of. No, I think it's the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid that they put in there. It's the one where there's the hotel room where you can stay at inside. I think we've talked about it on this podcast. I, I wasn't here. Uh-uh. I wasn't listening. I don't remember that. Well, in that case, yeah, the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid in Memphis has a room you can stay at inside that overlooks the store inside. And obviously it's a Bass Pro Shop, so some of them have like stocked fishing ponds in the outside and all that wild stuff. But that feels like it's right on the border. That might be the perfect nexus of Midwest and South. It's sort of like if Oklahoma was a shop, because Oklahoma is another place. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the South or the Midwest. There are parts of it Oklahoma seems even divided on. So again, at Gojo Show on Twitter, at all those other places, make sure you give us some guidance on that, on if you feel like... Like your area is Midwestern. Brandon, I will tell you that there is value that everyone, especially the Midwesterners, can appreciate, and that's a good pair of affordable sunglasses Ooh. from our friends at Knockaround Customs. So you might think, no, Knockaround, they're so flashy, they're so good-looking, it's some sort of coastal elite. No, no, no. These are the working man sunglasses. These are sunglasses that you can go out here and have a part of your life every day and walk into any situation feeling confident that they're going to look good and feel good and play good, which means they play they pay good. All of that stuff goes into it. Knock around sunglasses, polarized sunglasses, they cost about $30 a pair, which again, someone pointed out as a Midwestern value when complimented on an outfit, telling people where you got it and the fact that it was a discount. Oh. Midwesterners love telling you that, oh, yeah, I got this on sale at X. Well, you can tell your friends you got these knockaround sunglasses for $30 a pair at (laughs) knockaround.com. And they're just there. It's not on sale. That's just what they cost. And you can get them in a variety of colors. You can get them flashy as you want. You can have them as subdued as you want to show, again, your Midwest modesty if that's what you so choose here. You've got over a billion possible combinations in the knockaround custom shop. You can go out and run with these things. Runner World Magazine named them a 20 2021 editor's choice and i'm sure 2022 is tracking very well for them they're lightweight they have great clarity
clarity. Knockaround sunglasses are high-quality polarized sunglasses that come at that truly affordable price. And right now, our listeners are going to get an extra 20% off. So there you go. There's the savings you can tell people about, my Midwestern fellows. Just go to knockaround.com, enter code GOJO at checkout, and you're going to get 20% off. That's promo code GOJO at checkout at knockaround.com, getting you 20% off. Tell your friends about it. Brandon, to finish off this fine, fine day, do you know what time it is? I do, Mike. And it is time to continue. (laughs) This is the third time Brandon's done this. Now I have a story I like to tell about this guy. You all know him, had me scared as hell. He comes to me at night after I crawl in the bed. He's burnt up like a weenie and his name is Fred. He wears the same hat and sweater every single day. And even if it's hot outside, he wears it anyway. He's gone. He's gone when I'm awake, but he shows up when I'm asleep. I can't believe this that the third. I can't believe this that in the third on my street. I just, because Brandon's probably going to edit this. That was the third time around. It was by far the best attempt. And this is still us on the side of the road on fire as people drive by here. Brandon, Valor in the attempt, oh. man. All right, here comes the number four. Wait, now gonna- I've got to stop. Now I got a story I like to tell about this guy. We all know him. He's scared as hell. He comes to me at night after I crawl into the bed. He's burnt up like a weenie and his name is Fred. He wears the same hat and sweater every single day. And even if it's hot outside, he wears it anyway. He's gone when I'm awake, but he shows up and when I'm asleep. I can't believe this that and third on the ice cream. All right, that was actually pretty I can't good. Can't believe this that third on my street. You can't just stop. You can't just leave well enough alone. You did it. You made it through. Oh my god. On my street, Mike. On my street. Yeah, that is as a DJ Jazz, Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith and the Fresh Prince. Nightmare on my street. Yeah, at this point we're aware. That was the Frankenstein monster of attempts at that song. Brandon is lightheaded. I'm going to filibuster so he has a chance to catch his breath. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a five-star rating and tell Brandon how much you enjoyed the attempt there. Uh, and also check it out on YouTube. Did you know Did you know what a state has the actual center of the United States in it? Uh, it feels like it might be Nebraska. Kansas. I would, yeah, you know, that was the second guess there. Kansas. All right. Shout out that's to me. That's me attempting to uh, change the subject after my failed attempt of rapping. I mean, I was going to change the subject to what this was anyway and go back to one of the coasts since we've been talking about the Midwest. That was unfortunately vanquished at the hands of the coastal elites. The New York Yankees went out and won game five of the AL Divisional Series between them and the Cleveland Guardians. They go and get a 5-1 win. And the controversy around this one, Brandon, is fascinating. So the game was supposed to take place on Monday night, but it ends up getting rained out. 
it was supposed to be game five of a five-game series. And so, on the back half of that, the Cleveland Guardians were either supposed to fly back to Cleveland, because their season would have been over, or fly to Houston, where they would face the Astros in the next round. Instead, Mm -hmm. they had to turn around and stay in New York. Problem with that is... They had checked out of their hotel, and so they had to go back and try and adjust to that on the fly. Their hotel was overbooked. They had to split the team up between multiple spots. It was a whole ordeal that happened after they sat around while that delay transpired the entire day. Fast forward to today, and now this goes haywire. They lose pretty decidedly. It never really felt overly close. The Yankees were up 3-0 at the end of the first inning, and it just kept going. So a lot of people, I know uh, Guillermo, Billy G over at the uh, Dan Levin, show certainly already protesting this result here as a conspiracy by the lead to get the Yankees on to the next round after the Dodgers were ousted from the postseason but uh Brandon the other part of this we talked about Josh Naylor from the uh Cleveland Guardians the other day rocking the baby on Garrett Cole after he went yard on him in a game that they still ended up losing the Yankees noticed and they let that dude have it every chance they get. Every fan in the ground obviously booed him when he was up at bat. Every Yankee player I saw coming off the field was giving the rock the baby when they were all doing this. And Brandon, you know what? I still don't think it makes it the wrong move. I think it was fun. I gave it something that genuinely got people pissed off because they were only going to respond if it actually bothered them. And in baseball, we need more of that. So I still don't think Josh Naylor did a bad thing because this isn't like football where you got to write a physical check that your ass has to cash. I always talk about the phrase that a vet once told me you don't get bonus points for blocking a guy when he's mad that can be a superpower I don't know if that same thing applies to Major League Baseball in a sport that requires that much focus yeah Mike but I feel like they it's that's more than bulletin board material that Josh Naylor gave to that team that was like actual fuel on footage like on film it's like a sensu bean uh, for the for the Yankees, obviously they were probably already going to do well, but that shit woke them up and they're re, re, rejuvenated, re-energized. I've never liked to rock the baby mic because I think it's a disgrace to babies. Like babies didn't ask to be that helpless. Like they they need their they need help, but they love getting right? rocked. And then I, that's a misconception. It every baby's different, um, but I think <laughs> I think it is. I never really like it in the NBA. I never. I don't like when Russell Wells, uh, Westbrook does it. But in this setting, in this instance, I feel bad for the Cleveland Guardians because not having a hotel room in New York City sounds like a, 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 a true, true nightmare. But, you know, Naylor did give it to him. I, I, I don't know. I feel – I don't like their reaction. Like, let's just do the exact same thing because it, it – proves no creativity and that they actually are just being reactive um but yeah, it just you means know, you, you can play with means? your food it means it got to them and that's the goal yeah, of any good bit of trash talking the yankees just ended up being better and in this case maybe a little bit more well rested because they were at home so the yankees move on <laughs> to the next round and uh So it goes. The Midwest suffers a blow there. Brandon, let's get to that. More news from the NFL. Ian Rappaport over at the NFL announced that the league and Amazon have a 2023 Prime Video exclusive Black Friday game that's going to be played the Friday after Thanksgiving. It's the first ever NFL Black Friday game will take place on November 24th, 2023. The expected kickoff is at 3 p.m. Eastern with the team's TBD. First off, I didn't think we were allowed to say Black Friday anymore. What do you think it was called? Well, I thought that we kind of phased that out because everyone was like, it doesn't sound right. It's the same way we don't say Black Monday when we talk about the day that NFL coaches all get fired at the end of the year. Yeah. 
So I wasn't sure on that one. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like the NFL just uh, did the reverse of in racism with them. Yeah. <laughs> Like, let's let's solidify that this always is called this thing, right? Uh, you know, they're football and Black Friday. They're ending racism by bit taking back control of that word. They're not going to let other people yes. besmirch what that word means to them. Um, but yes. Brandon, this is how brave of them. This is uh, yet another example of the NFL just saying more is better, and they're going to be right now. The streaming aspect of it, I'm sure, is going to draw a lot of complaints from people, but we're already getting the first rattle of the box of that out of the way this year with the Amazon stuff on Thursdays. People seem to like it outside of the fact that the games have all been crap. Like, the studio shows right. have done well. The desk that they've got with all the recent former players seems to be pretty well received for the most part. And people are already sitting around on those holidays anyway. We love Thanksgiving football. And so I'm sure people, the only people that won't love it on Friday are college football fans because traditionally that's been, I got to call uh, the Texas Iowa State game on Friday uh, after oh, Thanksgiving yeah. in 2020. And that's traditionally been a day where there's a big, good slate of college football games. So that crowd might be the ones that are a little bit pissed off about things. But NFL fans are going to be happier than pigs and shit. Oh, yeah. And I mean, as well as Amazon and Jeff Bezos, like I think what I didn't consider was the fact that how many people already had Amazon Prime. I don't really think about that. But the fact that the opening game with the Chiefs Chargers was at... I think 13 million viewers right and obviously the thanksgiving game always gets a lot a lot of big viewers so with people already signed up for prime black friday being all the deals for amazon then you're going to have cyber monday that comes up later on that week and yeah. small business all these things it just seems like they're keeping everybody on their platform with with football as well and as yeah. as bad as these Thursday night football games have been outside of the the opener, you're going to turn it on. But inevitably, somebody's going to end up at the wrong auntie's house that ain't got Amazon Prime, and you're going to miss the whole damn game. It is so true. They've essentially turned that into one giant corporate holiday for a platform that runs more commerce than almost anybody else. Like it's it's the most corporate greed in a league yeah. that is driven by corporate league, and we're seeing like. These companies like Apple and Amazon and sports aren't going away. Like that conversation around the TNT guys all getting re-signed by Turner and not going to them feeling like a coup is because we all kind of understand the inevitable. But that being said, it's still going to be football the day after Thanksgiving and we're all still going to watch it. And we're going to have the counter-programming of those college games in case that NFL game sucks. And everyone's probably going to do all right with that. Brandon, Ooh. let's get to the third though. Yeah, let's do it. New York City is limiting the hours when trash can be taken out because there has been an uptick in an issue with rats. Um, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, and the Department of Sanitation Commissioner Jessica Tisch had a press conference announcing that trash would be allowed on the street for collections, uh, moving that time back from 8 p.m. to 4 p.m., um, based on an uptick in these complaints about rats. And Brandon, the only reason this is really interesting is because of the quotes that came out of this press conference. Because you've been around New York, you know how difficult this will probably be to enforce. Here are the quotes. <laughs> A lot of rats. Here are the quotes that came out of this press conference here. And I want you to be able to choose your favorite. I appreciate Emma Court for putting this together. She is a covering New York City for... Um, Business, it might be Business Insider, just as at business. I'm reading her bio as we go right here. Um, these are the quotes here. Number one, there are many rivers that are feeding the sea of rodents in the city, and today we're damming one of them. 
the next. The biggest swing you can take. The biggest swing you can take in cleaning up our streets is shutting down the all night all you can eat rat buffet. Okay, that was the best one. These, these all read like incredible Batman comic book lines. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like like this is either Commissioner Gordon or Batman in a raspy voice. This one might be my favorite. Rats will hate this announcement. That one reads like a BuzzFeed headline. Rats will hate this announcement, but what happens next will restore your faith in rat humanity. Oh, man. I love it. And now I'm thinking about what the Onion article could, could, could be. Gentrification on the streets of New York for rats. Yeah, yeah. How many more rat artisanal jam stores do we need? What happened to the gutters of old? Um, Brandon, there's, there's two more. There's three more here. Rats okay. don't run this city. We do. Debatable. I, I disagree, but yeah. I love the I love the, the gusto. Well, here's more gusto. <laughs> rats. This is not ratatouille. Rats are not our friends. <laughs> Just to let everybody know, like, okay, let me give a reference. Like <laughs> Yeah. Hey, <laughs> who's confused about that? You guys have probably watched that friendly rat propaganda they've been trying to spread you out here cooking with you. No, no, no. The last quote New Yorkers will not have to fear as many rats hiding in night in late night shadows. Brandon, all this oh, just concocts man. back the my favorite image ever posed by Pablo Torre back in the day on Highly Questionable, who pointed out that all the rats that you see up top on New York City streets are the weak ones that had to flee to the surface for food. Oh, and this idea that deep down under the subway, there's probably like a human-sized queen rat that subsists on all the food that's down there and is worshipped by the rest of them is a thought that haunts my dreams to this day. The master splinter of master yep. uh, of rats. Just down there, just being fed like a queen bee. Just fleshy. And everyone's... everyone's that pizza, pizza rat. Remember pizza rat a couple years ago? It was just bringing the pizza, the slice of pizza to the mama. Yep. Wow. What? About, oh, they're all connected like a like a Pied Piper. Like all the rats are controlled by this mother oh, rat. Now that's just that's, that's it's just one deeper. big ball of mating rats eating and Ooh. mating and helping the all. Honestly, rats but I, I feel like the most the most moving and instructive quote from there was that. There's many rivers that flow, that feed the rats of New York City, and one is getting damned. Like I just think that's, because also it's not it's not really damned as much as it is like a time when it's open. Like before they start selling breakfast year uh, all day round right. at McDonald's, people are just really busy around ten o'clock there. Yeah, they've they've just put that ten thirty cap on when you're gonna have breakfast here. This is Big Daddy protocol where now they've got to worry about what time they show up to try and get McDonald's breakfast. So best of luck to the rats of New York in your fight against humanity trying to limit your food supply. Just this last thing, Mike, the thought of rats rushing outside the way humans rush to the subways to catch the 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 subway at the exact minute the 15 minute leeway of both sides like looking around did you see the trash come yet no i think i think it's going to come oh, here's a little oh, oh yeah okay okay ready 
it's just it's I, just i don't know why i immediately thought of all these rats in black and white wearing those little hats walking up and of course in the mid-atlantic did you hear the news They've changed chow time around here. They're starting to put limits on it. This new mayor's restricted when we can eat. Rats are going to hate this news, Mike. Rats rats are going to hate this news. We hope you didn't hate this podcast if you were a person or a rat. If you didn't, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. And make sure you check this out on the DraftKings YouTube channel. We are pl- proudly, proudly rat-free since May of 2022. Make sure you go there, check out the DraftKings YouTube channel. Subscribe to that one. Do it so you get updates on when these videos come out. And then check the Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. playlist on there. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.